0: Hello and welcome to the Women of Power show. I am Laura Topper and I'm very, very excited and grateful to be here live streaming right now with Reverend Dr. Rainbow Rainbow Johnson and thank you for being here. If you're watching live then welcome in. This is going to be I feel this is going to be an exciting and inspirational conversation with Reverend Dr. Rainbow and um, and I'd like to share a little bit about Rev. Dr. Rainbow Johnson because uh, her 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 love of life and her joy of life, as you can see, <laughs> Rev. Dr. Rainbow, you just shine out and illuminate joy and love. And uh, I'm just so feel so grateful that you're here. Thank you for being here. Um, it's it- my pleasure. It's amazing that you're here, and I'm gonna share some of your your bio um, because I'm really interested in certain parts of it that I hope that we can can talk about later. Reverend Dr. Rainbow's mission statement is to devote, uh, she's devoting her entire existence to bettering the quality of life on planet Earth by loving all people as members of her family. Uh, to demonstrating the presence of God in all by respecting and loving the environment, plants, nature, animals, minerals, and teaching not only by words, but by example, spreading peace, love, truth, wherever she goes on her life's journey. It's so beautiful. Thank you for being here and sharing this part
1: of your, your journey on the Women of Power show. I am absolutely thrilled to be here. When you read the mission statement, I created it many years ago and I keep going back and checking it to make sure I'm still, that's what I still feel. And I've kept the same one. It applies to this day and did decades ago when I created it. So I'm so happy you read it.
0: Oh, I I think it's it's inspired me and I'm sure it's going to inspire people to create their own mission statements and to live by them. Because for you to create that and still be checking in with it and saying, yes, this is what I'm doing. And can you recall things in your life where you must be thinking now, wow, and I've actually done this and done this and done this because you're you are a lifelong
1: learner, aren't you? Absolutely. I once got the inspiration to teach a workshop called Mission Possible and go around the world seriously teaching that workshop so that people could develop their own mission statement. Oh. And at the end of it, I would have them stand up on a chair and we would go, yes, we would actually affirm their mission statement. All over the world, it was something at the turn of the century, I enjoyed doing way back when. Oh, my gosh. Well you really did travel internationally teaching that workshop.
0: Yes, indeed. And, and what, you, what inspires you to teach,
1: Reverend Rainbow? What is it about that that you love? Well, I have taught for 40 years, actually, legitimate teaching in the Los Angeles Unified School District Every level from starting a Head Start community in Hawaii up to being an assistant professor at UCLA. And I love that. But my favorite, favorite, favorite people to teach are as a minister, because I can talk about whatever I want, if it's past lives, if it's spiritual, and when I was teaching in public school, I was actually limited. I remember I was teaching a learning center with 65 students getting their high school diploma, and one of them found out I was a minister. He said, are you a preacher? I said yes, because I never talked about that stuff when I was teaching in the public school arena. So I really love teaching now, because all systems are go. I can teach you whatever I'm inspired to teach. It's
0: fantastic, and I'm sure people that come to you and learn from you are actually are so inspired by, by your your love of life, your joie de vivre. It, it, as I said before, it's just shining out from you. What is it that? What is it about that? But <laughs> it's, it's like your trademark, your flower, and the colors you wear, and the rainbow. It's such a an inspiration because there are times in my life where I think I just don't want to get up out of under the duvet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I don't really know how to address that because life is a journey for me. And so right now in my 89th year on planet Earth, I am focused on deepening. Mm. I've explored a lot of things and still I am, but I'm focused on deepening my relationship with spirit or God, whatever you'd like to say. I want to be open to hear those inspirations, which primarily are love, loving. It's my I guess my current passion is people, people themselves. Not mm-hmm. specifically in any setting, but when I go out and see somebody in the parking lot walking their dog, I'm in love with their dog, which I call. You have a beautiful child, I tell them, and then they would laugh. And relating to them on that heart-to-heart level, deepening, 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 whether it's someone in the grocery store or the post office, that is my primary passion these days, and that mm-hmm. is so beautiful for me. That speaks of authentic spirituality,
0: you know, really being a spiritual, um, a, a human spiritual being and being interested in other people. Um, it that's that's how we practice love, isn't it? That's like a, it's a the deepening you're talking about, I believe, or. Maybe for you it's different, but for me it's like, well, then I can open up to knowing what love really is. I can
1: feel someone else. And also be sure and listen to them. Mm. Maybe I have people calling me. In fact, this week I had someone calling me. And when I answered the phone, he started sobbing. He was screaming because there was no place else he could express his grief and fear. And all I did was listen. He said he had no place. I said, you know, hi, how are you? And he started for minutes and minutes and minutes. And then during the call, he kept going back to expressing the pain. So I want to say truly listening without saying, well, when he stops, I'm going to say this, or I'm going to. No, don't be, I'm going to. Don't going to do anything, just be there for the person. And then maybe they can start expressing the truth of the authenticity of who they are, but being afraid to express it anywhere else. Just listen and make sure you have time to hear them. I've had people call me and I say, can I call you back when I can give you my whole attention and make sure you can give the people 100% of your attention so they can feel really heard. That's important right now to me. And And a lesson, a teaching for each of
0: us. To, to to deepen the love and the listening, and I was I was reading your website, and you shared and in in all of the learnings that you've done, and all of the qualifications that you have, that you that one thing that you've done is that you've been a um, a clergy counselor for many years uh, for Austin drug and alcohol abuse programs, and you have been with oh, you know over four thousand guiding, helping, supporting four thousand people. Gosh, I didn't realize how many. I well, I, 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 it is on you. I mean, maybe, I hope I've got the number right. But yes, it, you did, you did awesome. but I hadn't thought about it. I guess I summarized
1: oh, it on, on the website.
0: And sometimes we can diminish, can't we, in our minds? Oh, it's, you know, that's that's nothing when someone else reads it, like me reading it. Right, it's like, oh, well, yeah, did I put that on there? Yeah, and it's it's what a what an incredible guide and support you are um 4000 people that have felt um something about you being with you and you journeying with them
1: on different levels through what they've been through well they- that that brings tears to my eyes because i just love the clients at this rehab center the people who are in recovery, we focus on the 12-step program. It's the most pop, popular self-help program in the planet. Mm-hmm. But I, they have to see me before they can graduate. And so that idea of listening and we go through, believe it or not, the 10 commandments, that's part of our deal. We go through each one and they answer authentically you know have you ever stolen anything or whatever and at the end i do a prayer about them and they leave loving themselves i mean just at that moment people say when they leave my counseling room look at them they must have just seen reverend rainbow because they come out with this light around them and i miss them i haven't uh re-establish going in person since covid so i'm doing it online it's a little different but we adapt to whatever the situations are
0: and although it's
1: different because it's
0: online and not physical it that doesn't diminish the impact that's happening with you and and the and and those that are with you um, Sometimes I think online actually can be even more impactful than in a real, you know, face to face in that in that physical environment.
1: In a way, that's true, because it's less intimidating because when you're looking in their eyes and loving them like that, that's a huge deal. It's kind of hard to look in someone's eyes on Zoom, and there could be
0: distractions. <laughs> right. So I'm also interested reading, reading on your on your your personal website, which I'm just going to share here for a moment, because it, it's just there's two things I would like to
1: just ask you. Look at that, Reverend Rainbow. First of, I of really- all, that's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you for capturing that. I was at Agape Church that day with Reverend Dr. Michael Beckwith and they asked me to do uh invocation and I got up and did it and they snapped that picture. Yeah. <laughs> That's where that
0: was. So this is your personal website where you have a blog and you share about your courses and what you what you're doing and and I'm interested in your name, Reverend Rainbow, <laughs> Reverend Dr. Rainbow. <laughs> are, you, are you, is that, is that your, um, your family name or is it a name that you
1: created? Well, that's a wonderful question because I wasn't born, I assure you, my parents weren't latter-day hippies like I am. Okay. And they wouldn't, wouldn't have given me that name. My name used to be Judy. Judy, Judy, Judy and that's because my mother gave me the name of Regina Judith and the nurse much liked Judy better than Regina so she called me Judy. The way I got the name Rainbow is when I was living in Hawaii I would hike a lot down a big hill to the ocean and I would hike there And I had hiked on a summer's day. It was perfect, the weather, just like you were describing this morning for yourself. And when I got down to the bottom, I heard a voice, a voice in the wilderness. It was a male voice. And it said to me, your name shall be called Rainbow. Oh, And I said, excuse me, are you speaking to me? And the voice repeated, your name shall be called Rainbow. And I put that in my heart and my soul. And when I eventually came back to the mainland, uh, t- 10 years later, I legally changed my name. I had to go to a, a judge to approve me. I was approved by a judge. And then they changed my birth certificate. Can you believe that they would change your birth certificate? I think they, they do. Didn't. My birth certificate now says rainbow on it. Beautiful.
0: <laughs> it's just so beautiful. And I love it that it's not only your name it's you it's (laughs) when i look at you and see that you're you're the living expression of a rainbow (laughs) and i could you know even on the image that i found of you with the rainbow behind you from your talk last week um if you're living it and that just that ripples people feel that i feel that from you so I'm so pleased and, and grateful that you listened and actually changed your name.
1: <laughs> well, that wasn't the first time I had heard the voice. So did you hear the voice? Because I also read
0: on your, on your website that brilliant first line of your bio, I was living in a cave in Hawaii <laughs> and I heard a voice saying religious science. Okay, that part I'm really interested, but in. oh. From a
1: practical point of view, what were you doing living in a cave? (laughs) Well, uh, living in a cave with the bats and I, I, on the good weather, I'd come out and live on the rocks when I could be there, you know, but when the weather was inclement, I would go back into the cave. But let me back up just a a skosh a bit and tell you how that all came about. I was living in Los Angeles, California. Have you heard of Los Angeles? (laughs) And in the 60s, you know, and everything, and all kinds of tragedies happened to me this one year. Number one, my son of two and a half years died. And number two, the father of that son, Committed suicide all in the same year. And I said to myself, this must be Los Angeles's fault. I don't want to live here anymore. It must be the environment because I wasn't, I didn't even believe in God very much. In those days, I was what you call an agnostic. I didn't disbelieve, but I didn't believe either. And so I began researching. I would like to move to an island somewhere, an island. I don't know why a city girl would say that, but I was inspired. So I began researching all these islands in the, in the world. And so I found the island of Kauai, the garden island in Hawaii. And in the research I was doing, they didn't have any billboards. And the population was decreasing every year. It only had like 28,000 people at the time I was researching. And they talked about a doctor named Dr. Wheatley from the Virgin Islands who gave up medicine and decided to live the life of Jesus, he called it, and just go where spirit led him. And I thought, if it's good enough for this doctor, It's good enough for me. So I took my remaining son, Scott, who was six years old at the time, and we moved to Kauai sight unseen. And I began volunteering. I volunteered in the hospital. I volunteered to teach the recorder, which is a flute, as you know, to Japanese senior citizens. I volunteered, volunteered Filipino groups, Somebody told me, are you running for office? You're volunteering so much. But that is the way that I dealt with my grief. And so I was volunteering and I bought a VW. Remember what those Volkswagen's looked like? It was green and we painted flowers all over it. And people would yell, hippie, hippie, go home, hippie. And I put my my window down and I say, just get to know me. You'll really love me. <laughs> That's the way. And I was driving my VW around Kauai. There's only one highway in around the whole island. And I saw a man walking with a backpack. And I always stopped wherever somebody was walking to ask them, and I could give them a ride. Because it was a small island, there was no crime. Everybody you know, was safe. So I pulled my VW up to this man walking with the backpack and I said, would you like a ride? And this is what he said. God told me to refuse the first five offers and take offer number six and this is offer number six how do you do I am Dr. Bernard Wheatley man, I had read about in the book <laughs> and I gave him a ride and we were together for nine years and he had an article in Unity Magazine, I never heard of New Thought or anything, he educated my son and me into this whole new way of being, and that's where one day I was meditating and the words religious science came up to me, I'd never heard of it, and I wrote to my mother and said, look in the phone book to see if you can find religious science. And she told me she wrote back it was the headquarters of religious science at that time. Ooh. That's over answering your question. I'm salivating. Talking. Oh, it's such an incredible story. I mean,
0: it's not a story. It's the truth. It's just amazing to hear it. Well, on.
1: <laughs> one of the things he taught me was to love God. Because as I said, I was an agnostic. And so he taught me to love God with my heart, my soul, my strength, and my mind. And love my neighbor as myself. Those two great commandments. And to live like that every single day, to do physical, mental, spiritual. And, and I wrote dozens and dozens and dozens of songs poetry, I was even writing an opera. I was so creative in those days. I can't tell you it was like I was passionately overcome with the creative gene in my it was in my 30s. It was the most productive time of my life. And I I really miss that at this moment. Well
0: it doesn't mean that because you're not doing it that you- in that way that you're not doing it. And I believe, you know, at, there are certain times that we display it in different ways. I mean, you've worked with 4,000 people, <laughs> you know, assisting them with um, with their their lives. So it's the way, you know, it's not being attached to form. It shows up in the way it will be showing up in our lives when we're unattached to how we think it should be showing up. I see you as an, a highly creative, a highly creative individual. And um, it changes. I believe that it has for me, it's changed and how that shows up over the years.
1: Well, it's still, cha- it's never finished. One wow. of the constant truths is that change exists. Exactly. And it's how we react to these things, which is creative as opposed to just, being a clod somewhere
0: (laughs) and so when you realized that it was him dr wheatley when you realized it was him and then you started to maybe research religious science and become a a student of it
1: well it it oh it, it was very i was with him for nine years so it didn't just happen i didn't understand I understood about loving God in that way, but I never knew about new thought or anything. Just he had an article published in Unity magazine. I never heard of Unity either. Little by little, I began exploring new thought. And the more I knew about it, when I wrote to Religious Science in Los Angeles, they sent me all the home study lessons with Different religions in it. Ernest Holmes articles in it, and letters. And I learned so much from doing the home study class, the year-long class online—not online, but by the mail in those times. So, so did it then, start to. Well, it must have
0: started to piece together. You know the law and and what you've done. Before you went to Hawaii by realizing that if it can happen for him, it can happen for me. And I go
1: yes. Ask- yes, actually, his parents in the Virgin Island, his relatives, because he was a very important doctor, he did research on cancer and everything. When he gave that all up, they thought for sure he belonged in a mental hospital. So he escaped from the Virgin Islands and came to Kauai. And so all of that. It was really powerful. My son now is in his 60s, and he was started off at age six. And he told me in a call recently that living with Bernard, he called him Bernard, Dr. Wheatley, was the most influential thing in his life, mm-hmm. in looking back. So I really, it was a very powerful time for both of us, my son and me. What a gift for all of you, for the three of you. What a gift.
0: What would you say, Reverend Rainbow, is your superpower, or do you have more than
1: one? My superpower. Well, I can, about my power, I, I think being in touch. I'll tell you, as a recovering codependent, do you know what I mean by a recovering codependent? Me too. Always always wanting everybody to love me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if people were upset with me, that would make me very upset. So I just wanted to. So my, my current growth measurement is In being more authentic with the world instead of people pleasing or trying to be what people want me to be, to literally be honest with myself and learn how to communicate that without hurting people. You know, if I get, if I have to say no. To people. It's not easy, as uh, we know that no is a sentence in itself, but it's not easy for me to refuse, but to learn how to deal with people and say, I'll call you back when I have more time, instead of yielding all the time to please people or be what they want me to be. This is huge at my age to be more authentic with. With the world, it's like, you know, to own, maybe it won't be all positive feelings, but to own what I'm experiencing. This is huge. It took me all these decades to get here. I don't know whether you consider it a a power or not, but it's very powerful to me. Oh, I consider it to be an immense
0: Superpower, superpower to take back my power for you to take for us to take back our power and say it's okay to for me to even have the assumption that I might be letting someone else down. That's still my assumption. They might not be feeling the letdown that I think <laughs> they would be feeling. <laughs> I'm just creating that story in my head. And yet we get into habits and the longer we choose to, to remain in, in a certain way, the deeper or the more ingrained the habit becomes until we realise, you know, we have a choice. There's a choice. So I think it's um thank you so much for sharing it, because I believe at any age it's it's important it's it's vital for us to, for us to be that light in the world, for our lives and in the world, to be able to say no and not feel any way about it. It's okay. It's, it's a learning,
1: and it's a practice, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It takes practice. The first time I did it, I thought, am I going to faint <laughs> from saying no? I've never – I was just reading something where people in their lives, they've yelled at other people or they've raised their voice. I only remember one time when I raised my voice – It was in, I'm never, I'm not a yeller or a a yeller or or screamer or anything like that. But my son had said something that really uh, hit me. He said a word that I didn't approve of. And I raised my voice and said, don't you ever say that. Again, he knew he'd get a response out of me because he knew that I hated that word. And you know what? After I raised my voice to him, I lost my physical strength and had to lay down on my back. I can just picture it in the room in Hawaii where that happened because I expressed that way to him. But I'm not. I've learned how to express things. Many people scream. I've had relationships where my husbands would scream at me all the time, and I'd just be really, really quiet and take it. It sounded to the kids like we were fighting, but we weren't fighting. He was just screaming, and I was just quiet. I just took it so this idea of saying to somebody, you cannot talk to me that way. Do not, you'll have to find another way to communicate with me because yelling is not working. Can you imagine the power in saying to somebody, wait a minute, you have to find another way to communicate with me because your screaming is not working. I never have the guts to say that to the people who were, the husbands who were yelling at me. Yeah. But now, after all this time, I I could do it. I never want to attract another relationship like you that. You can't because you've
0: moved through it. And so it would just be like a total mismatch. It couldn't happen. You'd be no. more, you'd be aware of it. That's sooner.
1: the deal. Because yeah. you sooner. It came out later like you were so in love with the person. There was a sexual attraction. Everything seemed like a heavenly thing. And then little by little, the truth came out. I want to be aware of behind the belly button, what's there, you know, in those chakras. So for people
0: that are listening right now, thank you for being here, well, welcome to the the Women of Power show with, with Reverend Doctor Rainbow, who's sharing parts of her story and life, and really inspiring me. And um, and if she's inspiring you, then uh, then can leave a comment, and we'll always you know be answering your comments, even if it's later on and you're not even able to be here live. Reverend Rainbow, I think this is a I think this is a teaching that you're teaching, and maybe you can share. With those that are here right now, you know, if somebody is in that situation, if they're feeling that they are, that they're suppressed in their with their voice or their ability to say no, what would you say? You know, because there's fear around that as well, isn't there? So, oh, a for, tremendous amount of fear. How do I stand up for myself in that? I've been in that situation, I know, and how did you do that? What was the click? that happened for you, well, you it's, thank, with your
1: listeners and the viewers? Thank you for asking that. And I'm going to tie in something I, I said in a sermon recently and see if it would work. Um, I'm going to kind of bring an incident where I couldn't see people in person. I would call them on the phone. And I would say, how are you? And I did that one day and a lady said, oh, I'm horrible. I'm in so much pain. I can't stand it. I feel like my bones are breaking. And I said to her, I want you to say right where the pain is, God is. And she said, what did you say? I said, say right where the pain is, God is. And so she did it. And I talked to her a, later, a couple of days later. She said, when I said right where the pain is, God is, the pain went away and it hasn't come back. And then my mother called me and she said her heart hurt that day. And I said to her. Right with say, right where the pain is, God is. And my mother never followed any of my suggestions. (laughs) And she said, Okay. And she decided to say, Put her hand on her heart and say, Right where the pain is, God is. And she told me later that the pain went away and hadn't come back because she said that. And then I had an incident in my life where I was afraid of something and I said, right where the fear is, God is. And I used it myself and it worked for me. So what I want to say to people that don't have the, the guts or the cojones <laughs> to speak their truth, to actually say to themselves or think if they're in a situation, right where the fear is, God is or right where anything is, right where my driving is, God is. And people told me that day when I was talking in church, they began saying it. Uh, and they were getting all kinds of positive reactions. Right where anything is, God is. And just say that and believe that. And maybe you don't even have to believe it. <laughs> But something happens an energy shifts. So that's one thing I'd like to uh, suggest to people. Maybe they could do it when they're falling asleep right where my relationship is, God is. That's something I could suggest to people. That is that. That is powerful.
0: Because um, how I see that and feel that is... We're working with frequency and vibration, and in consciousness, knowing that it's not even—you're not even suggesting to leave that relationship. Or that may happen, that may happen, and yet this first step is to acknowledge it, and then say, "God is. God is here. God is there's nowhere where God isn't. God is everywhere. This too is God expressing." And um, thank you for that reminder because in our daily lives, it can, that can be secondary. And I think it ties into what you said where you were reminded by Dr. Wheatley to fall in love with God as within, as knowing God is within. Fall in love with God and to live that expression as the divine distributor of God and to be it. And, uh, and it's not only possible for you or
1: for me, it's possible for each of us, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've uh, embodied more deeply that level, but there's so much more. I just am enjoying life on a different level, of course, even going outside and breathing air here in Austin because it's really beautiful. In LA, they used to have smog. I was on an airplane coming home to LA once and the man sitting next to me was from Italy and it was a gray curtain. The plane went in and he said, you live in that? (laughs) And now they've cleaned it up quite a bit. But right now when I step outside of where I'm living, my apartment and breathe the air and it's clean. I appreciate it so much. I'm more mindful. That's the word I'm using. I'm more mindful now of all the little details of life and not taking so much for granted.
0: And do you think is gratitude a, a really important part of your spiritual
1: practice, your daily spiritual practice? It's, this is you know i said it last sunday um we're all our spiritual practices we meditate we do this we exercise but many teachers are more interested in suggesting the other 23 hours of the day in addition to meditation make your whole life a spiritual practice and uh casually, not say, oh, now I'm going to meditate and so I'm really going to commune with God. No, why not communing with God when you're picking out an avocado in the grocery store? How great that my grocery store can have avocados grown in another country. I mean, my God, how great is that? Yeah.
0: Yes, it's being really, realizing that yeah we don't have to have some... Huge ritual around it. Every moment to be aware and to to open up to life is a
1: spiritual practice, isn't it? It is, and I'm living that more and more these days than I ever have really before. So you are the
0: senior minister at Center at Austin Center for Spiritual Living. And you speak, of course, you're speaking there a lot and sharing and and very involved in the community there. And you're putting on workshops all the time and you have a workshop where you have two events coming up that I'd really like you to share about for anybody that's in that
1: area. Will they be online as well? This is the other question. Well, one of them will be, and one of them you have to go in. But celebrating religious diversity is a passion of mine. I mean, all religions, and I've been doing this for several years. What I was inspired to do, Reverend Laura, is to gather people from all different religions and backgrounds and give them a theme. For example, the first one was the Golden Rule. That's when I started it off years ago. And I invited people from Islam, Judaism, Buddhism, Hinduism. I have a friend who started the first woman's church. I invited her and asked them for five minutes to talk about how their religion deals with the Golden Rule do unto others as you would have them do unto you and they all shared and it was so fantastic hearing all of them and realizing how similar we are. So for every time I do it, I have different themes like um, prayer or peace or harmony, how they Express it, and the more they express it, the more we can see how much you like we are, and certainly not to start a war. Many wars in history have been over religion. You're not doing it the right way, so I'm going to kill you, and we'll have a war. Religious wars can you believe it? Any wars, horrible, but religious wars, my goodness. So Um, I love doing this, maybe three or four times a year we get together. Really? Three or four times a year? Yes, every few months we do. And then I'm going to schedule one the first Wednesday at 7 o'clock. And the theme is going to be the word prayer. How does your religion or faith deal with prayer? And with some religions like Islam, they pray five times a day and facing East. You know, it it depends what they're going to say. I never know what they're going to say. It's always so thrilling. And so I look forward to these and they do too. The people who present tell me they learn a lot in coming to it themselves about the other religions. And then sometimes we have questions when we're on Zoom, that people attending can ask questions to the different people. This is wonderful. So, will the link be on the Austin CSL website for people yes, to? it'll, sign? it'll be. Uh, it'll be started. I think possibly the next couple of Sundays we'll have an advertisement about it. It'll be a a, a flyer or some way we will advertise it
0: okay so i've just saved that so csl austin csl and um if you're watching this and you're interested in joining then just go to that website and you will find out more it's org, isn't it i think
1: yes I guess a slide will be created this week. Right now and talking to you, is forming in my okay. mind. It's being it's created. Great. So when we hang up, I'll immediately call our beautiful Teresa and ask her to make a slide about it. You oh. See how things are born? This is born. And then you have another event
0: happening uh, through Austin C.S. a Center for Spiritual Living as well, which
1: the details are also going to be on the website for the solar right. eclipse. Yes, on October 14th, there's going to be a solar eclipse, and we're having a huge event in where Spicewood. Spicewood, Texas. It's called Solar Solar. We're going to we've got the right glasses where we can view the eclipse, but not only that we have People presenting different workshops, creating things. We're having music. We're having vendors. We're, it's a whole day event in a beautiful museum, okay. and it's just we're we're just preparing for it and having a lot of fun in preparing. And we're going to be advertising it uh, on Facebook and also on our page on austincsl.org there's a beautiful flyer showing eclipse it's like a new birth eclipse when the moon and the sun are together it's just a beautiful opportunity for our lives to be reborn too and besides it's just Free to children, and it's a fam can be a family event or an individual event. I'm really looking forward to it myself. And so, I'm, as
0: you're sharing all of this, I'm feeling your joy and enthusiasm, I can feel you the creativity. You're, you're you are so creative, and you get so excited about creating and bringing people together. And and God, and so. I'd just like to ask you what it is that is, what is your driver? What is it that really gets you going to love spirituality and new thought and transformation? What is your inspiration for all of this and for teaching it and studying it and continuing with it?
1: I I would love to answer that, but before I do, when you say solar eclipse on the bottom, it's two words. It's solar, S O U L A R, hyphen solar, S O L A R. It's a double event, solar hyphen solar. The first one spelled with a U, S O U L, because it deals with our soul. There you go, perfect. And so uh, thank you for correcting that. It makes me so <coughs> happy. So, um, what drives me? Mm-hmm. What drives you You know, this is um very simple, I suppose. Waking up drives me. Mm-hmm. Like when I wake up in the morning, I go, oh, I'm still a- <laughs> I'm still here. And um then I set an intention for the day that everything is going to be so harmonious and inspiring. And you'd be surprised. It I call it, this is a God thing. Things happen all the time. I was in the grocery store with my friend Don Adcock, and I was looking for a certain item, a makeup remover. And they didn't have it in the makeup department. And I told Don, well, I guess I'm not going to get it today, a certain makeup remover. A woman showed up with a cart putting things on the shelf in in the grocery store. Guess what she had on her cart, (laughs) this particular makeup remover. And I told Don, this is a God thing. I'm open to receiving a God thing with somebody calling me or an idea to do something or listening to a song or eating a certain food. Don is a gourmet chef. And so he brings me these wonderful foods. That's a, definitely a God thing. Yes. So that's it, waking up. And then when I'm going to sleep, I use that affirmation by Emil Kueh, every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. But I add to it. And I add to it prayers for people I'm treating for when I'm going to sleep. So I'm going to sleep in spirit. And in the morning when I wake up, oh, I'm still here. So those are my drivers, nothing you know, dramatic. It's just doesn't
0: need to be. It's what it's what it is for you. It's fantastic and it's working.
1: <laughs> well, I most of the time i'm more cognizant some of the time i'm taking things for granted we all do i have to remind myself i'm here come on rainbow get with it
0: (laughs) reverend dr rainbow it's been an absolute pleasure being here with you on the women of power show I'm so grateful for you coming on and your yes, and we had a little bit of a journey with the technology, and that was <laughs> a good <cool> thing.
1: <laughs> it was, if people knew that we had problems, we had technological issues, we had to postpone this, and here we are in the home of Connie and Don, and they're helping us with this program. I'm so grateful to them. So grateful to
0: Connie and Don, being here and sorting this out, and for being the angels saying yes, we're going to help. Oh, them. They are they're angels. Yeah. Angels, thank you, Connie and Don, for all that you are.
1: <laughs> love it. <laughs> we love yeah. And
0: Connie has amazing art. Which um, Connie's website? <laughs> I don't know the the. I haven't got the, the address for the website, but I will be checking out your your art, Connie.
1: you'll be thrilled it's totally gorgeous what is the website address if i can put this up connie adcock art connie adcock art it's cock a d c o c k fantastic dot com that's it it. Um, connie adcock art.com and you'll be able to see her fabulous paintings <laughs> that's my unbiased opinion no it, it is that it's after it's connie ad ad sorry i couldn't hear it from adcock so connie I- I- yeah. yes, yes.
0: Perfect. So for, if you're watching at any point, then <laughs> the uh, the website is here. If you're listening on the podcast, it's connyadcockart.com. Go and check it out. I haven't, and I will. I'm very excited to do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you for doing that, sweetheart. Wonderful. Yes.
0: This is the Women of Power show, and we celebrate. Power. We celebrate The power and the divine feminine and the creativity that is is here and coming through each and every one of us. So art is such a, we need the art. It's here to remind me and inspire us of who we are and this beautiful, beautiful life that comes through as as seeing people's art. I love it. I love it too. We're women of power. Women of power. And thank you Reverend Dr. Rainbow Johnson, for being here. Do you have a last few words to share, a message, something you'd like
1: to inspire the viewers with? Yes. We are women of power. We are a special puzzle piece in the puzzle of life with only our shape. We need to honor why we're here, to give and express and receive love. That's the whole thing. If we boil the whole recipe down, that's why we're here, our unique variety of love and self-expression. And I love you. And I love you. We love you.
0: Reverend Dr. Rainbow Johnson, thank you for being here on our show. It's been amazing.
1: And you're welcome
0: <laughs> back to share again thank you so much for inviting me and thank you to everybody that's been watching and of course you can leave your comments and connect with reverend rainbow through austin csl there's the website there or through her personal website uh Revrainbow.org. i'm sure there's connect buttons on there and uh reverend rainbow has a facebook page as well so you, there are different ways that you can find her and connect with her and catch up and with what she's doing and what she's creating in the world. It's very exciting. Bye for now, everybody. And thank you, Reverend Dr. Rainbow Johnson. <laughs>